0: cliffcentral.com this is Digital Influence with Ryan Hogarth on cliffcentral.com and every week I am talking about the impact of technology and digital on our world and all aspects of it, the way, <clears throat> the way we do business, the way we interact with each other, how things have changed, how our behaviors have changed, how our, the way we think about the world has changed and then going forward, if you're in business, what should you be thinking about when it comes to digital and technology, if you're a customer, if you're looking for a job. Any aspect of how we should be thinking about about the world and technology as we go forward, and today I'm talking about a subject that uh, that's particularly close to me. I, I have a, a strong fondness. I, I think, as most people should do, when it comes to education, and we're in this weird situation now when we look at how the world is changing and evolving, our education system, in many respects, seems not to be keeping up. You know, and there's often the question of. Uh, Are are schools actually preparing our kids for the future that exists now, for the world as it is now? And – what should we be thinking about when it comes to our kids? Another thing we hear a lot is that a large percentage of children are going to be taking jobs that don't even exist yet. So how do you prepare them for that sort of world? So I have with me in studio a high school teacher uh, who's very involved in dig- digitizing education and working on how how do you take the analog world of education and digitize it. Her name is Annabelle. So firstly, Annabelle, thank you very much for taking the time to be here
1: been a pleasure thanks for the invitation
0: excellent now in the brief little chats we've had you're you're clearly quite excited and quite passionate about it you've I been am. in education for 25 years yes. so you spent a lot of time doing things the old way is that, and and now and now restructuring rethinking relooking at it so let's ask the question first of all if I say Digital transformation in education From your perspective as a teacher As an educator, someone who's doing it What does that actually mean?
1: Um, I think it needs to be a whole lot more Than just putting education or resources Onto a phone or onto a tablet It's about learning to use technology responsibly It's about integrating research skills It's about making the students enjoy all the information that is there without overwhelming themselves in terms of accessing it. So all of those skills are completely new. When you used to have two books that a student could reference, it was easy for them to get information. Now it's how do they responsibly and ethically get information from the absolute glut of information mm-hmm. that is out there. Over and above that, you want them to be able to use um, their technology effectively and you want them to be able to – you want teachers to be able to transfer information in a language that students understand mm. and they are screen addicts. So yes. if you're not coming – at them in a screen, you're probably losing them. Well, that's my belief anyway. Um, and as much as we'd like them to be well-rounded individuals, we also need to be realistic because we want them to learn. Mm. Um, my, my catchphrase is what is, th- what is the point of teaching, and hopefully it's learning. And if learning isn't happening, then we're actually not teaching. We're standing in front of a group of people and talking.
0: We're not teaching. Okay. So now you've been, you've been doing this for the last couple of years. <clears throat> And in that time, so let's talk about how it's going, and then I want to get into the details of what this actually looks like and how you do it. What has been the response in – well, let's take it from students, from parents, from school administration. So if we kind of take all of those three, <laughs> uh, how is it working? Is it, is it bearing fruit? Is it worth doing? Is it going somewhere? Where does that all stand?
1: Two and a half years later, yes, it's well worth doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very, well, that's a good point to start from.
1: Okay, but um along the way, no one liked it. So um I started off with a group of, well, I, I did, my one class responded really, really well, instantly. They um, happen to be a group of personalities that are um, particularly sort of, studious and learning is the top priority. So as soon as I did it with that group, um, I tried it with a group one year lower and that group did the exact opposite. They rebelled. They're a very social group. They missed the fact that we were talking so much and all the distractions in the room because when you bring it onto a screen, you're zooming the focus of the education into a very small space and that often removes distraction, which I see as an advantage, but not every student did. So they did a walkout On me. What? Oh, they did. (laughs) That was their initial response. And um they said that they they if I wasn't going to teach them in person, what was the point of personally coming to my class? Wow. Um so that was an initial response. They we then talked it through, we processed it, and we said we'd give it a month's trial. After a month's trial, they were not willing to let it go. So but but their, their gut reaction was a reflex kick. Um Parents generally weren't, came on board really quickly. Um, they they were supportive because um, I think they also saw the discipline that came with it, and school administration don't like change, and so they reacted a in few, a response with there, that type of a response. Um, once they saw the overwhelming. Success Mm. and the buy-in from parents and students—they felt that they needed to kind of also give me a bit of a chance, and that's gone quite well.
0: Well, I I think there are very few institutions that are more entrenched than education. I mean, the way we've done schooling has been that way, (sighs) hasn't it, for generations, hasn't it? So, and and too static. So, you mentioned something interesting where they said, "Okay, well, if 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 you're not going to be talking to them, why come to the class personally?" Correct. What is the role of the teacher then? What, What what? we understand the traditional role. You stand up there and you unload information. Everybody takes notes, underlines, highlights. So what is the role now?
1: The role, I feel, has changed. I believe that machines can disseminate information um, possibly better than human beings can. And my role has become that of facilitator, problem solver, um, troubleshooter, um, supporter. So I feel that my role has been very, very much redefined. And, um, that, that has required quite a lot of reading, quite a lot of research for me and quite a lot of training. I, you know, I've been to bits and pieces of courses, but I've been motivated enough to, in essence, retrain myself. Mm. But my role has changed completely from, um, you know, the sage on the stage um, I'm now sitting and I'm on, by their side. I walk around the room. I'm sitting on chairs working right next to students wow. when they're having difficulties. Yeah. becomes oh. much more personalized actually. And interestingly enough – the strangest offshoot has been how my personal relationships with students mm. have improved, even though I'm more digitally connected with them, mm. and that is because I'm caring about their personal need. They don't have to listen to me when I'm talking to Johnny or to Tabo about his problems. Yes, they're engaged with their own learning and they're only interacting with me on their problems, which makes it so much more personalised. It's it's been awesome.
0: So how? So let's now get into the nitty gritty of um, how this actually. How you do it? So, so it's 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 a lot more than just taking a textbook, dumping it on, a, making it a PDF, and putting it on a tablet, and and you've been very involved with that in the actual digitizing process. Yes. So, so, how does this look? So, if we take standard, or sorry, grade grade ten <laughs> science. Uh, uh, I guess I am as old as that that <laughs> comment suggests, but okay, so grade ten science, which would normally be open your textbook and a teacher talking yes. what 's different how How is it done digitally what have what have you done with it
1: okay i 've done one brand there are a multitude of different ways of doing it, and I have a number of colleagues who have engaged with it slightly differently, particularly for different subjects. but for science, what really works well is to get a concept across and then to reinforce that with some practice examples. Mm. Um and so what I'm doing is instead of me standing in front of the class and giving the lesson, I've pre recorded the lessons on a tablet. So um it's with it's,
0: yourself like with myself. As a video, audio No,
1: it's a um it's a smartboard screen a moving screen on a oh, tablet okay. basically. Okay. And um so they've got my voice in their ear. They're seeing the problem unfolding in front of them, pretty much as if they were watching the board and they just don't see me in yes. front of them. But they, they know me and I'm the same voice that talks to mm-hmm. them when I'm solving problems. So I think that's really quite nice to have that congruency. Although I feel that my material would probably help a student who didn't have a teacher at all, I think it's best if there's an absolute synergy between the teacher that talks on the machine and the teacher mm-hmm. that's talking to them in class. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is after a short About 10 minutes of video material Which takes them about 20 to 25 minutes to watch Because they're taking notes all the time They're pressing pause Whenever they're getting a little Mm. bit lost They're able to rewind I encourage them not to take notes verbatim But rather to try and make mind maps Try and make bulleted points Because that puts it through the central processing unit They're thinking about it before they're putting it on paper and then what happens is I give them a quiz, and that is also digitalized. So they go onto a device, they go into a quiz, and they check their work. That's The order's a little bit muddled. They come into my lesson. They do a quiz from yesterday's work, mm. watch the video for tomorrow's work, so they can continue to prepare in the afternoon if they want to. If they finish that video early, they can carry on with another subject's homework. I try very hard philosophically to minimize homework. Mm. I feel that our our Generation are absolutely overwhelmed with so many things. So I, I really work at minimizing homework and everything happens inside the classroom. Um, it comes from a theory on called flipped learning, mm. but flipped learning means every all the learning takes place outside the classroom and the conversation inside. Yes. So I've kind of branded it inside, upside down classroom. So mm. it's flipped, but it's all happening inside my mm. room. And I facilitate at all points. So when they're quizzing, they can ask me questions to get started on, on, on a question. If they don't understand something when they're watching a video, I'm right there to help them. But they take the reins of control of their own learning. And I say it very explicitly, regularly to high school students. Who's in charge of your learning? And they need to say, I am. Mm. And then they are guiding and I just set pace setters for want mm. of a better word. And that's how we move through things. So they've got a, they've got a textbook and they've got materials on the side, but the learning is happening through the device at their own pace. And it really, really has been very successful.
0: Now, we're, we're certainly in the early days of this globally. Uh, you know, we, we, I think every in the world is struggling a little bit about where do we go with our education, and and what you've just outlined and described so it is very progressive. It sounds very positive. But even within your own environment, is it still are you still considered a sort of pilot project, or is this now spilling into other subjects, other teachers, other areas? Uh, where do, know, what is the state yeah, of it?
1: I probably know. For teachers who have wholeheartedly dived into technology. Mm. So it really is a bit on the back foot. And another thing that if you look at what I'm doing, I'm still working towards good old-fashioned tests and exams. I'm preparing students for that. Um, I'm working mainly in 10, 11, and 12. We've got this thing called a matric exam. It wags the dog. I'm going to do what mm. needs to be done in order to get the best metric results for my students because that's how I'm going to platform them mm. forwards. What's happening quite progressively at the moment, and I'm doing a little bit of work with this, is what's known as project-based learning. And that's happening mainly in 7, 8, and 9 where you've got these young mm. thinking individuals between the ages of about 13 and 15. And they go and they take topics and they explore them and they need to make their thinking explicit. And you talked earlier about preparing them for careers that they don't even know exist. What do we just need? We need reading, thinking, articulate individuals who are able to distill information and that's what that will be useful no matter what they go Mm. on to do and project-based learning is all about that there's some schools that have set up maker spaces where students are able to express their learning through art forms through creative forms through 3d printing so you know all of that is happening it's the tip of the iceberg. What's
0: But six? is there a growing appetite for it if you look in in your own environment in I the, think so. Okay. I
1: think I think particularly um from the parent body. Mm. They can see that this this digital things coming this monster's mm. coming. They they themselves feel out of their own depth. And they want their children to be prepared. So they want something that involves getting them ready for that career that doesn't exist yet. Okay. And these are the kinds of things that, that inspire hope in a parent body. And so certainly in private education, that is happening.
0: All right. And what we haven't touched on, and we're not even going to have time to touch on, yes. but I think it's worth at least highlighting the point that – you are in private education and, this, and these are initiatives in private education. We have a massive gap or, or a lot of thinking to do when it comes to public education yeah. because the state of that, you know, we can't even get old school textbooks to our kids in sure, many cases. Sure. Um, but but hopefully it starts to get driven. Well, I don't know. I mean this sort of thing has got to catch on and I don't know as briefly as possible <laughs> – where do we stand? Where do we go with that? How do we address that challenge?
1: Well, at the moment, we're sitting with the textbooks being given to some students on a tablet and them not even knowing how to access it because the teacher training hasn't happened mm. properly. Um, so that, I'm not saying it's, it hasn't happened anywhere, but the large areas haven't. So that's a concern. And I, th- feel that technology is going to do one of two things. My hope is that technology is going to narrow the gap between private and mm. government education because the resources that are going to get developed are going to be so awesome that it's going to mean that you become less dependent on the person standing in front of the room and, I, and, and then and the facilities all around. However, I'm frightened that the opposite is going to happen. Mm. I think at this stage, it's actually widening the gap between private and government education. In many cases, there are pockets of excellence. I Mm. mean, there are some awesome government schools that have wholeheartedly embraced this and are doing incredible work.
0: Because in theory, the cost will come down to a point where it would be cheaper to deliver the technology than to deliver the paper. So at that point, it would make sense. And I don't think we're too far from that. Probably not. All right, fine. So to sum up... We're in the very early stages of it, but there are at least very encouraging signs uh, right now where where schools are looking at how do how do we rethink our entire education thing to prepare kids for a world that is very different to the one we grew up in. Uh, so, Annabelle, thank you very much for taking the time to, to come in and very briefly explain so brief. <laughs> where, where digitization in education is going. And uh, if you're a parent, it should be something you're thinking about. You should be engaging your school, your kids' school, about this and how they take it forward but there can be no doubt that digital is going to impact education in a massive way because it has to
1: it has to as it
0: impacts our world absolutely so you've been listening to digital influence with ryan hogar thanks for joining me and see you again next time goodbye CliffCentral.com.